yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to The Big Tech Show. Are you thinking of getting an electric car? Well, today we have a beginner's guide on all you need to know about getting one, from the best models to charging them and a million other questions in between. I'm delighted to be joined today by Derek Riley, General Manager of Nevo.ie and founder of the EV Review Ireland YouTube channel. We're going to talk about individual cars and technologies in a minute, but first let me ask you about public charging points, which often gets talked about. I put in a question to the Department of Transport port a couple of weeks ago, and they came back to me to say that, according to them, there are 1,700 uh, charge, uh, public charge points, including what they call 374 fast chargers. There was another account from the Northwestern Regional Assembly before Christmas, which put the number at about 2,100. Do those figures sound about right? Yeah, it sounds about right. And I think the difference between the two would be public access versus destination charging at hotels. What's and the so difference between So those? public access would be ESP eCars, Ionity, um, EasyGo. So that would mean that it's in a place where anybody can pull in at any time and use the app to charge their electric vehicle, whereas destination might be complimentary from a hotel. It might be behind a lock gate where you're a resident of that property, or it might be a supermarket or a, sh- a store where they have their own private car park, but they're offering charging to customers. Okay. In your experience, do they tend to be concentrated close to large towns and cities? Yeah, usually you'll find it where there is a population density like towns or cities, but sometimes you'll find it out in the most random locations because there might be a tourist destination there and that local authority might say, do you know what, we want to be seen to be a bit more eco-friendly, let's put an EV charger in here. I've seen some cases where some of them are solar powered and it charges up that battery. And so you might only drive up there once a week, but the battery is able to top you up then. I'm going to ask you about how they work in a minute, but it seems to me looking at the car sales figures for last year that the number of electric vehicles being sold is much, much higher than it was two or three years ago. It doesn't seem that the number of public charging points have increased at the same scale. 
are we reaching a crunch, do you think? Yeah, definitely at busier times and busier weekends, you can start to see where um, ESB, for example, have their eCars network that on a bank holiday weekend, you'll start to have a site would only have maybe one or two public chargers on it. And you have a queue of people trying to get around because they haven't scaled as quickly as the adoption of the electric vehicle or the sale of electric vehicle. And that's with a supply shortage. If there were as many electric vehicles as people would want to buy, we'd be in a much worse position. So the supply shortage has probably helped the network catch up, but it's still not there. Mm. What is the best guide to finding a charger? Um, so I would think the third party app called PlugShare. I find that very good. And the reason I like it is because if I find a new charger, it sounds a bit like Pokemon, but if a, a property puts in a destination charger and nobody else has listed it on the, on the app, I can add it to the app and put up a photograph, et cetera, et cetera. So as much as ESB eCars have their own app or EasyGo have an app and there's lots of apps out there and that's probably another thing we could talk about, um, a kind of a third party impartial app to use would be, I would say, PlugShare. There's another one called ZapMap as well, but I think PlugShare is an easier one to And use. is it reliable? If I put up a, a photograph, can I be relied on to do that accurately? Yeah, they, they, they use crowdsourcing on it and you can check into these chargers as well. So you can start to see a trend as to if something is working or not working. So when I'm driving down the country and I find a charger and on that app, I can check in to say, plugged in, no problem, both chargers working, et cetera, et cetera. But before you even arrive at that charger, you can see that, you know what, for the last three weeks, I can see that this charger hasn't been working. It may be out of line or offline. So I'm not going to bother using that and planning my route around that charger. Okay, so there's a fair bit more work than just rocking up to your Circle K or Texco or whatever. For sure, there's planning required. How much does it cost to use a public charger? Depending on whether it's an AC, which is a slightly slower charger, or DC, you're talking 50, 60, nearly 70 cent, depending on the brand, depending on the network. So the price per kilowatt. What's the difference between AC and DC? So AC would be alternating current and it would be a much slower feed to your car. So you could get, if it's a plug-in hybrid, you might only get 3.5 kilowatts delivered to your car in the hour. You could get 7, 11 or 22, depending on the car, depending on the charger. So there's a couple of things you need to understand about what you're driving and where you're plugging and charging. To put that into context, if I buy a fully electric vehicle uh, tomorrow, how long does it take me to charge that from 0 to 100 or even say from 0 to 80 at one of these public charging points? So on the slower charger, on the AC charger, it could take you 10, 11 hours. So what we'd call that like an overnight charger or a destination charger. You could charge at home or if you're staying in a hotel. 10, 11 hours. Correct. Okay, that's a long time. Yeah, but you're sleeping, so you're not really worried about it. You're staying in a hotel. And then there's the DC or the fast charging, and you can go 10 to 80% in 30, 35 minutes. And how much do they typically cost? That kind of would charge maybe 15, 20 euros for that kind of a fill. So you're talking comparative to petrol or diesel at the moment, depending on the price of your petrol, depending on Still the price cheaper. of your kilowatt. In around that, yeah. Starting to get in public charging, it's starting to get price parity, unfortunately. Really? So well, my 1.6 diesel engine costs me about 90 euro to fill. And now I'll get, a, I'll get about a thousand kilometers out okay, of that. Okay, so, and then we start to work it back. So maybe a price per 100 kilometers mm. would probably be better. So on the ESB fast charging at the moment for 100 kilometers you're talking about 12 kilowatts 12 euros sorry uh, for that 100 kilometers and it's about 13 14 euros per 100 kilometers for your diesel okay so it's not as much if you're charging it on the public network probably cheaper if you're charging it at home on way a cheap cheaper. rate way yeah. cheaper yeah because you can use solar power panels and charge for free well let's not go there. Let's assume <laughs> you don't have solar panels because uh, we did, we've done podcasts on solar and it's a fantastic technology, but the vast majority of people don't. Mm. So you're going to be using typically your night rate. 
Exactly. And there are some specific EV tariffs as well. Mm. And so that would allow you to charge for free on a Saturday or a Sunday. Mm. So depending on the tariff that you use. But yeah, a typical nighttime tariff, you're probably filling up the car four or five euros. For four or five euros. Yes, filling it up. That's like a 400 kilometer range. Okay, that's fantastic. Correct. But you have to know the tariffs. And again, it's about research and planning. So it's not as easy as looking up at the sign on the side of your Circle K and knowing what you're paying per litre. Do most electric cars have the same type of charging port? No. Why not? (laughs) Because it's a bit like um, VHS versus Betamax back in the 80s. But one of them won, though. One of them won. And it is going that way with electric vehicles. So they are using a port within the European Union called the CCS port. And that is a type of port that allows you to AC charge, the slower charge, and also fast charge. So you don't need two separate ports. Some of the older electric vehicles like the Nissan Leaf have two separate ports, one for fast charging. On the car. And one for slow charging, correct. Your plug-in hybrid vehicle has a fuel cap for your liquid fuels and then your charging port for your battery battery charging. And what kind of connection or what kind of? That's called a Type 2. So predominantly all the slow charging is, is type, type 2, two. CCS. Type 2 is part of that CCS connector. So you can plug your type 2 cable into that CCS port. If I buy a second-hand electric car and I rock up to a charging station, is there a chance that I have the wrong type of port? Potentially if it's an older Nissan Leaf, exactly. It could be a type Give me a scenario one. where that could happen. So you've got a 2016 Nissan Leaf and it has a type 1 connector on the top of its CCS. You might rock into your local supermarket or a hotel or wherever you're staying, and they have a tethered charger. And that what does that, that mean? That means that the cable is attached to the actual charger itself. And that end of their cable would be a type 2, which is predominantly 95% of EVs will have that. But your socket, your port can take a type 1, so you wouldn't be able to charge on that charger. Rarely happens, but there is that possibility. So then you just go on Twitter and go crazy. (laughs) Okay. Um, You did a video recently about only using public chargers for five weeks using a a Peugeot uh, electric car. How did you find that? Interesting, and, and I'm a big advocate for electric vehicles, but I wanted to see what it would be like if I was living in a, without off-street parking, if I was living in an apartment that didn't have chargers, and I definitely had to plan more. I definitely had to rely on a network that I had no control over. I had to pay the tariff that I couldn't shop around, really, because you could change your energy bill at home or utility provider at home. But I was able to do it. But it wasn't as easy as pulling into your Circle K, and there is that convenience. Was it a pain at any time or were there any restrictions did you find? Not a pain but I definitely made sure that I had redundancy and what I mean by that is I knew I was taking a long journey on the Sunday so I charged on the Friday night and when I came back on the Saturday morning unfortunately the charger didn't work. I Sorry say that again? <laughs> so I was traveling a long distance on Sunday I knew I had to have a full battery Yeah. and then on the f- so I didn't charge on the Saturday night I charged on the Friday night just in case something went wrong and it did. So I left it on Friday night 8 o'clock, I was going back the following morning to pick it up, so overnight slow charging. When I walked away, everything seemed fine, but when I came back in the morning, it had disconnected itself. Is that common? No, not really, but understanding that it could happen and not leaving it to the Saturday night, so I went back the following day, same charger, same car, plugged it in, and then Sunday morning, no problem, car was full, I could drive away. You can understand if you're trying to persuade somebody to switch from diesel or petrol to electric and yep. use the public network and 
someone says, well, it may or may not work. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a, a learning curve and the early adopters have, have gone through it and there are numbers, thousands of EV drivers on the road that have suffered these and I'm not trying to say that everything is golden and everything's going to be great. There will be challenges, but this is the steps that we have to take to get a better network. I have to report that to the ESB, who is the provider of that charging station uh, and understanding that these things could happen. Mm. Is it true that you shouldn't charge your battery to 100%? Depending on the battery chemistry. So each manufacturer will say, if you're charging your car, so for example, the Volkswagen ID4, mm. Ireland's best-selling electric vehicle, they recommend that because of that battery chemistry, they're saying on a normal basis, that battery should be charged up to 80%. Why do they say that? Just because of if you're charging it to 100% all the time, it's putting that battery under stress and that state of health of that battery will start to decrease over the time. Like the efficiency of an engine, same as a battery, you could buy a secondhand vehicle and really good sellers of electric vehicles should give you a battery health report to say, when this car was new, it was 100% battery, but after five years, it's now at 85% battery. Do we know what the science is around that? And you've mentioned the word chemistry, so I assume it has something to do with that as to why it deteriorates more from 80 to 100 when you're charging it rather than from zero to 80. Yeah, it's all to do with the makeup and the chemistry that's in it. So whether it's nickel, nickel, uh, there's lots of different types of battery chemistry and the newer ones understand that, okay, Adrian's buying an electric vehicle and he's buying that certain brand at that price point because he wants performance. He wants zero to 100. He's going to go out racing it, whatever it may be. So that will take a certain type of battery chemistry. Whereas Derek, who's buying his more mainstream family vehicle, he doesn't need the performance. So I like can... the different stereotypes here between <laughs> you and me, but anyway, go on. Uh, and, so, and so manufacturers are starting to understand, you know what, it's not the same battery for everybody and for every car. And so they're putting in a longer life battery that could take a bit more of fast charging and slow charging. And how do you charge it up to 100% or not? So again, probably not convincing a lot of people on so this podcast. Are, but are you saying that in general, you're better off for the longevity of your battery to be slow charging? Slow charging it for sure. And what percentage you fill it to, but each manufacturer will let you know that. So the new Tesla Model 3 is coming out of China. They've changed the battery chemistry that could be charged up to 100% all day, every day and fast charging as well if you want to. Because that has an effect and impact on what I decide to buy as mm. an EV. If I want to go from Dublin to Belmullet, for example, a town we both know well, um, that's 326 kilometers for me door to door. If I'm buying, say, a Volkswagen ID3, which has a stated range of about 420 kilometers, but in reality, maybe closer to 320 if you're adding in motorway and dual carriageway. That's at 100%, but mm. now I'm hearing maybe I shouldn't be charging it to 100%. You can for longer journeys, but not mm. on a regular basis. So don't worry about it. So when you're heading down to beautiful Belmullet, you can charge up to 100% that night before and you're going to have the maximum. Now you're still going to probably have to stop and charge somewhere mm. along the route. Uh, and again, you could fast charge, but the predominant, the majority of your times, slow charging is better for your battery. Okay. Can all electric vehicles take fast charges? Depending on if they've got the socket fitted. What I mean by that, an example would be the Renault Zoe. When they were bringing them out a couple of years ago, you had the option of fitting a fast charging socket on it. So it comes as standard with an AC socket, but you had to upgrade to get the DC. Now, majority of electric vehicles, yes, has the have the ability to fast charge. But again, depending on the hardware that they put internally in the car will dictate how fast they can take that charge. But typically that it will be a fairly fast standard. So it'll be 50 or more. 50. Oh, yeah. Uh, for ID. 
again a guy D4 just taking Ireland's best selling electric vehicle last year 135 kilowatts maximum peak uh, but then you could have a new vehicle coming out that is a slightly lower price point and they might only put 75 in or you could have the likes of a Tesla Model 3 that will take 220 now this all sounds great if you have the hardware that can do that. So if we're driving from Dublin to the west of Ireland, I know I could tell you that the majority of the fast chargers are 50. There's one or two 150s. Okay. There's nowhere near anything around the 250 on that journey, on that specific route. Okay. Um, just looking at um, the, let's get into the cars themselves. What kind of basic price range are we talking about? If you take the top 10 selling electric vehicles in Ireland at the moment and average the price out, you're looking at around about 50,000 euros. 50,000 euros? Only. Um, but there's everything in there from the, uh, we've got new cars coming to the market now in January, MG4 starting off at 27,000, 27,500. Yeah, there's a different change in your so, face there, Adrian. Yeah, so that's, and that's about the size of maybe a little smaller than a Golf, maybe? Uh, ID3, pretty much identical to an ID3 size. Okay. So um, so that's the kind of price point you're coming in at. There is a slightly cheaper price point for the Fiat 500e, which is about 26,000 euros. So they're your starting point and then going all the way up. So if you take the top 10 selling uh, combustion engine vehicles, average price across those 10 vehicles is about 10,000 less. 10,000, okay. So, so there's about that difference in it and that price parity isn't there yet, but yep. we're definitely getting there. And in terms of the range that you can expect, it used to be fairly paltry, but it's much improved now, For isn't sure. it? Yeah, you're talking 350s, 400s, 450s. Okay, I mean, for 450 kilometers, I mean, that that's, would surely be at the upper range. Now, and the difference between the advertised range and the, the real, real world, world range. range. Correct. Okay. Because there are a couple of factors involved here and it's only when you actually get into maybe potentially buying one that you start really to finding out the small print. Using the heater. Correct. Um, <laughs> takes a, a fair bit away from your range, doesn't it? Yes. And so the, the benefits of a combustion engine vehicle is that there was a lot of excess heat so yep. we got that for free, mm -hmm. but to the detriment of the environment with the fumes that were coming out of the tailpipe. Whereas in an electric vehicle, there's very, very little excess heat. So you have to generate the heat and that comes from your battery. So when you're driving on a colder day, what you might do instead of that is turn on the heated steering wheel or turn on the uh, heated seats if your car is lucky enough to have that. And so that's that, that's some of the benefits rather than heating up the whole cabin. So wear a jumper. Mm, yeah, I'm not saying that you should, but yeah, definitely be, you're being smarter about where where your energy is going. Mm, but it uses does it use around five percent of the potential yeah, depending range? on how hot you have it on yeah. as well and blowing etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But but the automatic air conditions, yeah, it'll keep to a temperature if there's a lot of people in the car. Body heat will and things like that. stereos and stuff. No and, problem. Lights, no. no problem. Wipers. No. Heating is the big one. Uh, how fast you go. So on a motorway, rather than going 120, maybe going 110 or 100, it's only going to take you an extra couple of minutes. But driving that one and a half or two or two and a half ton electric vehicle. You get vehicle, an extra few percent. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's a big difference. So doing the same journey, you had 120 versus 100. Yeah, you're probably getting a 10, 15% excess in range by dropping down those kilometers. And some people like to call me Captain Slow because I go at that 100 kilometers. But the, the, the speed limits on a motorway isn't a target. That's what mm. I always like to say. Get there safely. Don't be trying to kill yourself. No, although if, if the road can take 120 kilometers, maybe you should be able to go at 120 kilometers. You can. But I take, but I take your yeah. point. Is, the main point here is you will actually save Correct. range if you go um, a little bit uh, slower. Um, in terms of getting a charger installed, how difficult or easy is that? What are the factors involved? Off-street parking is one of the big things you definitely need to make sure that rather than dragging it across a footpath or over a footpath or under a footpath there's lots of different potential solutions out there but you have the ability to 
drop, park your car off street and then put the charger on the front, back or the side of your house. Things you need to consider is uh, if you've got solar power, solar panels, we I talked about it briefly earlier, uh, can the charger take that solar energy if you want to give it to it? Uh, do you have an electric shower because you need a load balancer then on that? Yeah, explain that to me. What, so that Irish houses are 42 amp wired circuits. So, it's, you know, it's a fairly heavy load, but with an electric shower, that's the heaviest thing that you can have on in your house at any an one time. electric shower. Yeah, it's Worse huge. than a washing machine oh, yeah. or a kettle. It's, it's, or it's constant. Like it's a huge mm. stress on the, so plugging in an electric car as well as that, uh, your charger, your setup and your wiring, your fuse board needs to understand, okay, I'm prioritizing giving Adrian in his hot shower rather than giving him a cold shower just because you might have an electric car plugged in outside. So what it'll do is it'll just lower down the EV charging and give you your shower. And then when the shower stops, it brings back up the EV charging. So being smart about how we're wiring it and what chargers you're putting in. Hmm. Okay. And you don't need planning permission or no. anything like that. No, there is a government grant at the moment, which mm. might not be there always, but there's 600 euros off the hardware and the installation of it. What we're starting to see now coming through on the website is people saying, we have two electric cars in our house. Can you recommend a charger with two outlets on it? Can you? Now, yeah, absolutely, they're there. But my point is, you're probably only charging car one on a Monday night and car two on a Tuesday night. Because of your earlier point of Correct. what the you're house doing can it. do. Well, in the sense of you probably don't need to charge both cars every single day. Mm. If you do, there are solutions out there, either a double socketed outlet or two separate chargers, and but you usually stagger the charging. And 600 is the grant, but how much does the actual Standard char or price on chargers is, in, plus insulation is about 12 to 1500 euros. So you're taking the six, you're getting the 600 euro back then from the government. Okay. So it's, a, it's around six or seven, six hundred, yeah, something that like that. Price. Okay. That's, that's reasonable. Um, in terms of the, how long you can expect a battery to last in your car, what are we looking at there? A lot of manufacturers are now given five, six, seven, eight year warranties or a mileage equivalent. So could what does be, that mean? It means that it, it says that at the end of those eight years, they're guaranteeing that that battery will be at 70% state 70. of health. So yeah, depending under on the three quarters of its range. Correct. Um, but if you take a, a combustion engine at its, when it was bought brand new, eight years on, a combustion engine efficiency of that engine has probably gone down to 80, 75, 70% as well, depending on how it was driven. So, so we don't take into account the things that happen with a combustion engine because we just didn't have the data. Whereas with an electric vehicle, we get a, an, an exact readout of the range, whereas with a combustion engine, we were getting a little needle and we kind of didn't know. So eight years, say, they're saying it'll be 70%. So That's they're, what they're guaranteeing. They're allowing for something of the order of 3 to 4% per year degradation of battery. Is that typical? On average, and it'll depend on how it was looked after, how it was charged, etc. So, But you could get a car after eight years that might only have a battery degradation of 10, 15% mm. if it was looked after. But the manufacturer is saying, we're happy to stand over that battery pack to that percentage of health over these number of years. And what about if you're buying secondhand? How do you know what the battery might If it's a good have? reseller of uh, secondhand cars or specific electric cars, they should be doing a state of health check on the battery. And what that will do is they'll plug in a dongle into the OBT2 port with the data from the car gets taken like you see in a garage. Uh, and that can be a quick data check to see, okay, this battery is at 90% state of health. So then you'll know what capacity you've left to charge it, but also the range of that car. And you need all of that process and that equipment to do that. There is no readout on the The dash will give you, like, itself. so for example, we go back to the Nissan Leaf, which has been 10 years on the Irish market. Uh, it would have originally started with 12 bars 
and the Nissan Leaf then will actually take away the bars as the battery de- deteriorates. So you might say, how many battery, how many bars are left on that Nissan Leaf? And somebody might say, oh, there's nine bars left. So you know then in your head, roughly that's 75% of what it used to be. But getting a proper battery health report is much better because it gives you an exact percentage rather than the vagueness. And, and what happens after that? Because you, you still see 13, 14-year-old cars on the road and they're fine. A few of them are absolutely fine. Yep. What about a electric car after seven or eight years? It's a great question. A lot of these, a lot of companies have set up on the back of recycling these electric batteries, batteries from electric vehicles, but what they're finding is they're not getting the battery supply because batteries are lasting longer than people thought and they have a second and third life. And what we mean by that is Adrian might have an electric vehicle and then after seven or eight years gets rid of it and the battery might be at 70% state of health. So the person, you know, that battery might be, mightn't be as efficient as you would like for an electric car. Still usable. Still usable, absolutely. What it could be used for, it could be used to convert old cars to electric, so mm. an electric mini or, you know, lots of or different for things. just somebody who doesn't need the range. I mean, why, why dump range? a perfectly Correct. okay battery? Or some people are using them now for power walls in their house and using solar energy or nighttime energy and then powering their house during higher peak charges. But are you saying that it's not unusual to replace a battery Correct. on an old car? Okay, so yeah. you could actually buy in a new battery. Correct. And roughly how much does Token, that There's a company, uh, not for pro- sorry, a social enterprise down in Kildare called Range Therapy. That's opposite to range anxiety. Uh, and what they will do is take out your Nissan, specifically a Nissan Leaf, just because there were a lot of them on the roads, will take out the old Nissan Leaf battery and put in the new Nissan Leaf battery, eight, 9,000 euros, okay. and increase your capacity from 20 Hugely. kilowatts to 40 kilowatts. Yeah. And the, the amazing thing about it, Adrian, is that you can see that the uh, improvement in technology, the space the battery takes up is the exact same. So the density and the performance of the battery. So there are solutions out there. Okay, I'm going to ask, um, give me a recommendation for one or two decent electric cars on the market at the moment. Mentioned it already and really looking forward to seeing the MG4 coming onto the market. So that ID3. Is that because of the value? Value is there, yeah. And also warranty, you know, five-year this, five-year that, seven-year this, seven-year that. MG is a Chinese company now, isn't it? Chinese company now, yeah. Owned by uh, SAIC. Um, Same a lot of Chinese companies like Volvo, their electric cars. Mm-hmm. Um, They're expensive. Yeah. Polestars. Polestar Nice as well. Polestar 3. I had mm-hmm. to look at it in Copenhagen. Uh, beautiful car. But so there's Very expensive though. Bausch. On the Irish market at the moment, there's about 65 electric vehicles. Right. Everything from your Porsche Taycan from 100 and so many thousand. Yeah. yeah. All the way down to the MG4. So there is everything for everything. Irish car of the year last year was the Volkswagen ID Buzz. Mm-hmm. So that retro oh, I'd love camper. to get one. one of those minivans. I'd <laughs> yeah, love exactly. to get one of those. Scooby Doo so vibes there's... coming from that. If you had the money, would you buy a Tesla? Beautiful car. Over the air updates. Uh, its own proprietary supercharging network. How many of them, though? In Ireland, you've got six sites, and there's more coming planned as well. And so that's within a total those of sites, how many chargers? Probably minimum of six per site, so 36, 40 chargers. Okay. So if if it's on a route that you would regularly use. Yeah, it's a no-brainer, like on the way to Belfast or on the way to Cork, et cetera, et cetera. Would I buy it? Yeah, I probably would. So you're starting at around, is it the late 50s, early 60s there? Uh, The new Tesla Model Y rear-wheel drive single motor is uh, on the Irish market from March 52. Right. Now, is that a real 52 or is that the Tesla marketing trick that they do on their website? Saving of. It's 52, (laughs) but actually you're going to pay us but it's 59 or something, 60, because no, it's, it's you'll actually save that amount of money over <laughs> no, the next yeah, few years. It's around 52, 52 and a half. In, in real money? Yep, that's after the government grant. Okay, yeah, that's not and bad. That's, yeah, for that size of a car, 
that range, that efficiency, the supercharger network, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they're onto a winner there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, Derek Riley, thank you very much for explaining the ABCs of getting and using an electric car. That's Derek Riley, General Manager of Nevo.ie and founder of the EV Review Ireland YouTube channel. Thanks also to Tabitha Monaghan, who produced, and Gav Hennessy on sound. From me, Adrian Weckler, you've been listening to The Big Tech Show, and we will talk to you the same time next week. Bye-bye. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. 0818-103-103.